The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 30 years ago, last week, okay. 30 years ago, James Hansen, who is known as the father of climate change, I think. Really? That's how he's known? Yeah. Okay. He used to work for NASA and... He's he's one of the ones who's really perpetuated first global warming, well, first global cooling, then global warming, and then just climate change in general. But it was 30 years ago that he testified before the Senate Committee on Energy and Natural Resources during a prolonged heat wave and decided to cast climate change and say, this is is what's going on. It's climate change and continue to push this up. Well, how are we looking now? (laughs) <laughs> have his predictions come to pass? I don't know. How they? come they're never held accountable for their crazy predictions? Well, you got dead polar bears, right? Right. I mean, polar bears, they're, they're extinct, right? Exactly. Mean, There's mean, no crops. The only polar bear I could show my son is Glenn Beck's polar bear. Right, exactly, which had nothing to do with climate change. <laughs> Dr. Patrick Michaels joining us now to discuss the fact that they never are held accountable. How are you, doctor? Uh, good morning, Doc. How are you? I'm doing well. Why is there no accountability, even in just the predictions? Forget all the other politics. How come nobody ever goes, you know, that didn't happen? Well, because with global warming, accountability is embarrassing. Uh, when Jim Hansen testified 30 years ago, he had three scenarios for carbon dioxide and greenhouse gas emissions. The first one, uh, what he called scenario A, was an increase, continued exponential increase in emissions into the atmosphere. The second one continued the emissions at the same rate that they were when he testified in 88. And the third one, he called Scenario C, held emissions constant. In other words, all of a sudden we stopped increasing our CO2 emissions in the year 2000. So which of those scenarios resembled what happened over the last 30 years? The answer is C the one in which the emissions were constant. So the temperature has acted as if every nation on Earth agreed to cap its emissions in the year 2000. Of course we didn't do that. But let me ask you the question. If that's the way the temperature is behaving, why do we need these regulations to cap emissions? There's, there has to be the, the back political story or people wanting to keep their grants or jobs. If they're scientists, doctor, come on. I mean, as a scientist, you're almost as happy or maybe just as happy to have your hypothesis proven wrong, right? Well, would, would it the, that it were that way? But actually, studies show that scientists spend their careers trying to prove their hypothesis right. It's not the way we should be doing things. But it is human nature, by the way, to defend your core beliefs against God knows what. And and in climate change, testing of these hypotheses has been minimal at best. Wow. Remember this, Doc. A forecast is nothing but a hypothesis about the way the future will work. And so we should be checking these things all the time. But... You know, when it's embarrassing, when it, it does clearly does not work the way we said it was going to, we don't like to go out in public and say that. And by the way, if you do research that says your funded hypothesis isn't right, good luck getting that grant renewed. Oh, they Think only want, it. wow, that's a great point. 
So, so really, uh, these climate Scientolog- uh, or Scientologists, that's actually pretty accurate. That was a Freudian slip that actually made sense. I like um, your slip. I've got a book coming out called Scientocracy. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, these climatologists are really like my wife then, right? They just cannot admit they're wrong. They just keep doubling down and trying to prove they're right. Good Lord. Uh, I said that about my scandalously young wife on radio. I'd be in big trouble. Leave it at that. She, she works at this time as well. I think I've covered. So Berkeley just declared a climate emergency and said that we are right now, the climate makes us in a worse situation than World War II and demands human population control. Well, that's progressive. What can I say? <laughs> I mean, this I, is so I, crazy. What happens in California? Right. Um, yes, um, they love to tie in the human population and we're overpopulated as part of this. And I guess at some point we could get to the point, theoretically, um, that there would be so many people that we would see some, some increased detrimental effects. But to say that right now the climate emergency is worse than World War II seems pretty stupid. That is unfortunate. It's that type of rhetoric, by the way, which is why the American people have rejected this issue as a disaster. They know when they're being told less than the truth. They know when things are being exaggerated. And thanks, frankly, to our freedom of speech, we here uh, have more opposition to this, uh, these climate change policies than any other nation on earth. You know, um, it's sad that uh, conservatives automatically end up falling on the opposite side of the climate change people because conservatives were uh, people who lived off the land. They believed in conservation. They believed right. in, uh, you know, getting the biggest bang for your buck. They were farmers. They were people who wanted clean streams and rivers and air and whatever. And suddenly, because I deny this failed science or uh, the policies of some of these scientists, I'm automatically believe that uh, to want dirty air and water. Yeah, and that's, that's not, not true. the case at all. As a matter of fact, uh, we really need to be very efficient about the way we protect the environment and to um, go for environmental protection on things that are problems, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like sulfur dioxide in the air, nitrogen oxides in the air, creates low-level ozone, which is a known health problem. Rather doing that, rather than spending money chasing the will-o'-the-wisp of global warming. By the way, the Paris Accord, the much-vaunted Paris Accord on climate change, if every nation lived up to its so-called commitments, and they aren't enforceable under the treaty, but sweep that under the rug. (laughs) Every nation lived up to its so-called commitments. According to the climate models of people like Hansen and his buddies, uh, that would save a grand total of about two-tenths of a degree of global warming by the year 2100. Anybody who tells you this is meaningful is talking through their hat. Right. I mean, seriously. That's just, okay. And okay, there's the other side of it. So when they present these um, solutions, as they say, they are never held, okay, uh, what is the best case scenario? What's going to happen? Like you just laid out the two tents. That's never, it's just believed that, well, we've got to do something, doctor, right? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. What you've got to do is you've got to go to www.cato.org. And if you start searching around, you will find my a global warming calculator in which you can put in any policy that you want, oh. and it will show how much global warming will be saved. For example, you could 
put the United States emissions to zero. Zero. And by the year 2100, you will find that that will alter the temperature trajectory by about two-tenths of a degree C. Well, that doesn't sound like a lot. I'm not a scientist, but that doesn't sound like a lot. All all pain, no gain, except the assumption that it's gain is also questionable. Who on earth believes that we live in the best of all possible climates? Only Pangloss, the philosopher in in Voltaire, (laughs) believes that. And in fact, if you start playing around with econometric models, what you see is if it warms up a modest amount, that's a net benefit. It was funny. I was uh, I was uh, had my radio on scan the other day, and it stopped at NPR. And there was this uh, show on climate change, and um, it was oh, yeah. completely biased out there. And there was a lady on there, and uh, she went down this history. And I think they had, they tried to try tie in the release of Jurassic Park. So they were talking about what happened to the dinosaurs okay. and moving forward. And uh, she mentioned about climate change and uh, mentioned uh, CO two in the air, right. and completely just leapt over the fact that plants give off carbon dioxide. She completely missed that part of it and also missed the part that says, okay, so you believe in evolution and you believe that these things have evolved over time, but you're saying right now we need to stop the climate if from changing because we as a species need to survive. Well, yeah, right. why isn't that arrogant? Maybe we would be replaced in favor of something... You know, um, more uh, significant. Along along those lines, Doc, satellite data published in Nature magazine uh, about a year and a half ago. uh, Nature has generally been what people would call a campaigner on global warming. (laughs) Satellite data show that the Earth is getting greener and greener and greener and greener. And the main reason, according to Nature magazine, is the carbon dioxide we're putting in the air. Plants seem to love it. Plants go better. It's what plants love. If if you don't believe that, go to your local uh, greenhouse, and you'll see that they jack up the concentration of CO2 in the greenhouse by three times what it actually is in order to make the plants grow faster. Wow. Okay, so help me with some solutions there, Doctor. We know the failures here we're not even denying that there are some climate change things it's just man caused and we know the debates so what is the solution to get people educated especially younger people how do you bring them to the table very simple we should be using the mantra uh, of an old utility called northern illinois gas back in the 70s their mantra was the future belongs to the efficient and that is so true Efficient things are favored in the marketplace because they cost less to operate or if they cost less to produce, they're also favored in the marketplace. The way we get to that efficient future is not taking away people's money that they would use for investments or to buy the products of those companies. And so you really, if you really want to get to the future, get the government out of taking away people's money for global warming and you'll get there. All right, Dr. Uh, Patrick Michaels, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you joining us. Yeah. We'll tweet out a link to your information as well, all right? Appreciate it. Bye. Um, yeah, uh, apparently carbon dioxide is what plants crave. No. <clears throat> yeah, people thought it was Brondo. It's not. <laughs> it's got Isn't that right, Neil? It's got electrolytes. It's got electrolytes? Yeah, it's got carbon like, dioxide yeah, does? Crave. Is that what it is? <laughs> Because plants, is it Brondo or carbon it's dioxide? Brondo. I'm confused. Yeah, you, you got it. <laughs> okay, Brondo is what the, okay, it's not. 
Brondo, it's what plants crave. Wait, you want us to put toilet water on the plants? <clears throat> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it, it, by the way, that's from Idiocracy, yes, if you yes, haven't seen it. Yes. It's just playing out in our lives right now. <laughs> so true. The, the prophetic movie Idiocracy so from 20 years ago. But as I listen to this chick on NPR, it's like she's heading down this path. She's okay. heading down this path. Okay. You know, all of these species have evolved, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Many evolved out of existence because of climate change and um, all these different. And then, whoop. But we got to stop right here. This is it. How arrogant of you. Yeah. You believe in evolution that, you know, we if. Oh, and they were completely in it. They're like, first you had the dinosaurs, and then you had uh, apes that dropped from the trees, and then <laughs> humans came out of the apes. The whole thing, right? And you're like, but now we got to stop. How territorial and arrogant. Yeah. Did not say, how do you know that the insects won't rise up next and have a greater understanding, greater knowledge than human beings ever did. The cockroaches. The cockroaches. It's time for them, right? But no, we got to stop the climate right here because humans are number one. Woo! Number one. You morons. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.